0: Welcome to The Raptor Show on the Sportside Radio Network. Make sure you find The Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please re-interview the show. I'm your host, Will Lou. Okay, Blake Murphy, the day off because we got the Pound the Rock boys coming in hour one. We're going to talk about where the Raptors' young core ranks among, you know, all the promising young teams across the league. We just saw Chet versus Wemby last night. Oh man, that was crazy. Um, then what we got? We, we got, we're going to look at the the playoff picture a little bit. Uh, in the just around the association because the Raptors won't be a part of it but still you know we, we do want to see what's going on around the league then an hour or two we got an exclusive interview that we recorded yesterday with head coach Darko Ryakovich down at practice so that's going to run about 18 19 minutes so look forward to that at three o'clock um, with myself talking to Darko and then for the finale we'll bring in Lindsay Dunn of City News and uh, we'll chat everything about Raptors she's been at Raptors practice um but yeah in the meantime cash wolf on you guys are back by popular demand what's going on guys you all right
1: yeah we're good man how are you doing how are you doing killing time with three days off between games for a team that's yeah. 12 games under 500 that, that's what we're for yeah <laughs> you guys you, you
0: guys are like um uh who, ross stripling like oh yeah innings eaters. yeah i, I, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. need you guys to throw like three uh, innings maybe get like you know, two strikeouts and a couple of ground balls. Like, yeah, we're
1: giving you an immaculate inning. Don't worry oh, about okay. it.
0: okay. Yeah. Well, listen. Um, this is one of the ways that we are burning these uh, three off days is we are going to just take a bigger picture look at the Raptors and sort of where they stand. So clearly, they they moved towards a b- rebuild, right? Like we we saw, Darko gave the quotes yesterday about, you know, the priority is about. Um. Like learning, not necessarily like winning every game. They're gonna try to compete,
1: but it's it's about lessons. Who was it? Was it Ty Lue that year in Cleveland said it's about wins and win. It's not about wins and losses this year. It's about wins and lessons. Did he say that before the game or after the game? I think it was before the season started. Which yeah, ho- it, it, hilariously, while Tristan Thompson was saying the East still
2: runs through Cleveland.
1: Oh, the East ran through Cleveland that year. I think the I think Cleveland had like 20-something wins, yeah,
0: and they drafted uh, pretty well in the draft the following year.
2: But uh, Some wins would be nice. So far, it's just been lessons, as far as I can tell. So yeah, when, well, when are the wins going to happen?
0: Can we get a pizza for three lessons in a row as well? Because uh, <laughs> I think I think we, we, we'll be eating good. But um, yeah, I mean, look, the Raptors are clearly pivoted. But at the same time, though, they do have... You know, a, a promising young group that they want to build towards, and I kind of want to contextualize that uh, within the scope of the league. So even before we get into that, though, I wasn't planning to talk to this, but I'm sure both of you guys as diehard hoop heads would have seen this. Uh, Chet versus Wemby last night, just your quick reaction to that.
1: I mean, both these guys are freaks. They're going to entertain us. Hopefully they stay healthy for the next decade plus. And how, you know, fans in Oklahoma City and San Antonio should obviously be thrilled. I think uh, Joe and I actually both kind of wrote variations of this over the last couple of years, but if you've been following the evolution of big men mm. and the whole like unicorn thing, right? Yeah. That can, you can go back to Dirk, you can go even Porzingis when he was drafted, um, what Embiid and Jokic are for their size, if you've just been following the evolution of big men over the last 25, 30 years... Wemby and Chet really do represent almost like the final frontier oh, yeah. of that yeah. evolution. And I don't mean that to say, like, you know, there's not other things bigs can do, but they really kind of took pieces, whether intentionally or not, or it's just a product of the environment over the course of basketball development history. Each of them have kind of taken pieces from all of these unicorns and all of these kind of ahead-of-their-time big men over the years and have combined it into one skill set at foot. Mm. Foot one or seven foot three or four, however big Wemby is, and it's it's awesome to watch. And like I said, I mean, general NBA fans, Spurs fans, Thunder fans, are just should be thrilled that we get to watch these guys the next
2: decade, decade and a half. Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch the game last night as what? Cash, as Cash knows. I uh, you know I was locked in on Bucks Cavs. I had to see okay. what the Bucks looked like in uh, the, the Joe Prunty era. <laughs> part, two. part two, part two.
0: Yeah, um, I saw them doing dances and stuff before the game. Oh like. my god, dude, that was so disrespectful. <laughs> to who, Adrian Griffin? Yeah, yo, they must have. They should have a door, like a grave underneath the on the court. Like <laughs> they might as uh, well have. Honestly, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but... Also, is leading that dance. Like, come on, dude. Come on, dog.
2: <laughs> anyway, how was the game? Yeah, uh, no, it was good. I, the, the Bucks looked really good. Honestly, they looked. It, it was like the you know the the fired coach bounce that mm. I feel like we've seen that. A few times, so Do they we'll see defense? if they can sustain it.
0: Do they play defense? Yes and no. Oh,
2: okay. Uh, Giannis and Brooke played defense. That's what they need to play defense. Like, so. nobody else really did. Like, yeah. Crowder was okay, but they th- – those same problems are going to persist. Yeah. Like, they're not solving that issue with the coaching change. Like, mm. their perimeter defense we, – we said it coming into the season. Like, that was going to be their big Achilles heel. I, I think they're worse at that end than I expected them to be. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's any schematic fix for that's going to make them even like league average. You know. You,
0: you don't think Doc Rivers is going to have the schematic fix?
2: Look, I, Cash <laughs> and I have said this. We, we think that the, like the pendulum on Doc has maybe swung a bit too far uh-huh, uh-huh. in a negative direction, like to the point that he's he, he maybe... was a
0: top fifteen coach of all time. <laughs> you know, he's he's already been recognized.
2: Yeah, in that sense, I guess it would be hard to argue that he's become underrated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess it depends who you're talking to. Right. But I think that he's not as bad a coach as a lot of people want to make him out to be. You're right.
0: It is one of those things where, like, the meme has gone, like, ahead of, like, what's actually happening with them. Yeah. And, you know, I actually did want to talk a little bit more about the Bucks because in segment two, we wanted to talk about just, like, which teams actually have championship or bust pressure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, just going back to this game, though, like, it's, man, you got to just see the highlights. Honestly, just see the fourth quarter highlights. The start of the fourth quarter because think with Wemby, he doesn't play the whole game. You know, like the minutes restriction, all that kind of stuff. So the Spurs are, like, two entirely different teams. One, a competent one. And then one, just, like, one of the worst teams you've ever seen. Like, probably Pistons-level bad when Wemby's not on the floor. Yeah. Uh, but Wemby is on the floor and Chet's on the floor to start the fourth quarter. And they just go at each other. And that's the thing. So Wemby finishes with 24 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal, 4 blocks, blocks pretty much everybody in OKC's young core. It blocks Jalen Williams, blocks Shea Gilchrist-Alexander, blocks Chet Holmgren, uh, blocks... uh. Josh Giddey, don't even want to say the name. Uh, Chet Holmgren finishes with 17 points, nine rebounds, four assists, a steal, three blocks as well. And I just, honestly, it's, it's just fun watching them go directly at each other. Like, when we had nine baskets, seven of them were directly contested by Chet. So he went straight at him. He dunked over him at one point, and then kind of stared him down, which was great—not um, intimidating when you got stared down by a guy who's seven five, but also like two hundred pounds. But still, like, <laughs> also because I, I, I saw, like the energy. Like, I, you know? I saw
1: on Twitter everyone going nuts, but like, oh, when he crammed on Chet and then mean mugged him. But then, like, he didn't really dunk on him. He kind of dunked while Chet was like four feet away and falling backwards. Like, yeah, kind of, but not really. You know? Yeah. I still loved it, but I don't yeah. think it was quite what everyone made it.
2: Up to. But you, but you know how this works, right? Like yeah. the, they need to manufacture a rivalry here even if i mean maybe eventually i think it could be real it could be maybe it'll grow into that eventually right now one of these teams is like the top seed in the west and the other one is the bottom seed in the west they're playing for different things right now and like i again i i I watched their first matchup against each other i didn't watch this one Mm -hmm. i think it's going to be awesome to like watch them as their careers progress and i'm sure they will have more consequential matchups against one another than the one they had last night. But, yeah, I just think, you know, I've watched a bunch of both of their games throughout this season, and I, you know, I'm on the same page as Cash when I say that it's, it's very cool and almost surreal to see what these gigantic humans are able to do and to see that in the context and, like, the, the evolution of big men over the last, I mean, it's accelerated over the last, like, mm-hmm. you know, five, six years, I think, even though, you know, you can go back, like, ten years and see what Anthony Davis and Cat yeah. and Porzingis were doing when they entered the league. Now it's, like, what, what Embiid and Jokic are doing is just completely unprecedented, absolutely insane. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that, that has stuck out to me, especially about Chet, since he entered the league. And, like, you know, Wemby, I think, is ultimately going to be the better player. Um, I think pro- he's the better player right now, though. That's the thing, too. <laughs> I, I don't agree. I know that's like... If you put Wemby on OKC
0: right now, are they a better team than they are currently?
2: Maybe. I think they're about the same. So, I think... I think I don't know, man. I think defensively, he's more impactful. Definitely. Uh, Offensively, I think... Chet's like quite a bit ahead still. And I think mean, he's more fluid. He is more fluid. When he kind of makes it up as he goes, Chet
0: kind of already knows what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. And it, but look, he it's, it's, could also be playing in a much better team. It it's, helps it's you
2: clarify judge. It's hard to judge, game, yeah. hard you know, to judge given how different their respective environments are. Mm. But with Chet, it's, there just isn't any way that you could possibly conceive of using a big man in your offense. Mm-hmm he like he's doing that at a high level. He's not like yeah. a great post up player yet. That's maybe the one thing that I would you point to it. and be like he doesn't have that, but like pick and pop. Mm-hmm. Pick and roll, short yep. roll, hard yep. roll all the way to the basket. Uh attack off r- the dribble. Attack off a coast to coast drives. like yeah. handler in transition, trailer in transition. Yeah. Spot up cuts. Like pick and roll ball handler in inverted action, you know, face up isolation scoring. All of that, like mm-hmm. any single way, and I just think that I, I don't know that Wemby is quite there yet. Like the, that's fair. That's fair. He he will get there. He's not as good of a shooter as Chet. Like He's if you yeah, give them
0: each a hundred wide open shots, Chet I think is making substantially more than yeah. Wemby is. I, I don't think he has as good a handle either right now. So it is hard to handle when you're dribbling it from like the height of
1: a ball's full,
2: Got a long way to <laughs> full
1: travel. Grown human being. No, um, uh, you could argue no rookie in our. I'm trying to think in our lifetime or like our generation that has. Completed the puzzle for a legit contender or a team this good.
0: Yeah, like yeah.
1: Chet has for this, this Thunder team.
0: Yeah, you usually don't see rookies come in and just like, you know, for again like a title contender. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it's I'm I'm struggling to think about like a guy who like started and played so like I for some reason Rondo is coming to mind. way. Well,
2: Ma- I mean Magic Johnson. Even Rondo wasn't right. right. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I said our
1: I, our lifetime, yeah, our yeah. generation, right?
0: Yeah, like, right. Yeah, but yeah, that's
1: my point. Um, if you going to go back to Magic for the last time, a rookie impacted a potential contender yeah. like this. Kind of, that's the story. But Rondo right there. was a sophomore when Rondo they won was the a title?
0: sophomore too. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I mean, look, it's it's really impressive what they're doing. Um, I I feel like yeah, the NBA is probably dying for this to become like their version of Messi and Ronaldo <laughs> that had soccer hat. Except in this case, like uh, I, I suppose Messi in this case, Wemby has been drafted to like I don't know. Uh, Girona or something, you know, <laughs> like not not Barcelona. Yeah. It's not Barcelona Real Madrid. It's like one of those on one of the great teams and it'll be good forever. But I mean the Spurs, I don't know. They they need a lot more steps. Yeah, one of these I guys that is, team is, not good, man. is
1: playing with an MVP caliber superstar and the other one's playing with points no hand. So yeah.
2: I think it's cool too though, that they're if it does turn into this great rivalry where they're playing like conference finals games against one another, I think that would be neat just because we yeah. had the OKC San Antonio That's rivalry. True. Yeah. In like the KD and Westbrook and like Duncan Ginobili Parker era as well, mm-hmm. and I think that that would be like a neat way to bookend it. But I just hope that I, I hope that this whole thing isn't just like a forced narrative where they're pitted no, against one another. Uh, come on, they're like the they're they're so distinctly unique. Like they, I don't even
0: consider them big men. They're long men. Like a yes. big man is like, like NBA, no, yeah, I, they're slender men. All, exactly. all I'm saying
2: is. They'll obviously be grouped together, like yeah. they're even though Chet was drafted a year earlier, they're yeah, yeah, rookies yeah. at the same time, and there's going to be parallels throughout their careers. But like, I just hope that they aren't pitted against one another in the way that Jokic and Embiid so often mm. have been, and I just hope that doesn't detract from our ability to like appreciate no. what both of them can do because we just get so wrapped up in arguing over which one of them is better.
0: See, this is where okay, this is where I disagree with you uh my like my sports brain disagrees with you because i like the fact that like they wanted to go at each other last night they sought each other out they dunked in each other. like they went out of their way to go at each other and whatever they're the matchup for each other like they're supposed to be going against each other but i like that i like that one by the way he relishes going against Giannis. right that was an exhilarating matchup they almost beat the uh the bucks which you know says a lot about the bucks but still Wemby went straight at him what he went straight at kd you know what I mean like yeah, he, I, he likes these matchups.
1: I want them for the next fifteen years to have great matchups. I want them to dislike each other but mm. respect each other, and then I want them to be on great terms when they retire, but in oh, the meantime,
0: yeah yeah no i, I need the I need the Messi Ronaldo like fake photo where they're like yeah. p- playing a uh, chess over a, a I forgot a Prada <laughs> board or whatever yeah. yeah anyway, I hope people watch soccer i mean it's it's the best sport anyway, um well, let's talk about young cores then because we're on the subject, so the assignment I gave to you guys was where does bBq? Raptors BBQ, which is Barnes, Barrett, and Quickly uh, rank among young cores in the league. So the uh, prompt I gave you guys was that it's the top three of the each team. And then, you know, those are going to be the core. You can't have like four guys in this core. And they got to be 25 and under. And so... Um, you know, for context, Raptors core, Scottie is 22, RJ is 23. Apparently his last name is now Barnett as well, if you've seen a, a rival TV station. And uh, quickly, who's uh, 24 years old. Um, the way I wanted to break down this conversation is which teams are definitely better with definitely better young cores, which teams are probably better, but we can maybe talk about it, and then probably on the same level as BBQ. So uh, Wolfon, I'll, I'll start with you. Uh, give me a team that definitely has a better core. Than BBQ. Okay, see? Yeah, that's that number one <laughs> on my list. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'd, I'd, lean, I'd lean thunder, I think.
0: Yeah, give me your thoughts on Shea, Jalen Williams, and Chet Holmgren. God damn it.
2: <clears throat> uh yeah, they're those guys are really good. <laughs> it's also the fit.
1: Yeah. Like it's one, the immense talent between those three guys, yeah, yeah. two of which are Probably like in their peak, was Shay's already there, but two of those three in their peaks, probably like franchise level superstars. One of them, is Jalen Williams, I think the perfect secondary star who's still, in my opinion, mm-hmm. gonna be an all star and maybe even all NBA one day. Like he's getting really good really he's, quickly. Uh, he's so smooth. But it's man. the way their skill sets between the three of them complement each other. Like yeah. you if, could not have built a better three headed monster
2: of young guys in a l- basketball lab. If mm-hmm. Jalen Williams was on a different team, I feel like people. Would be talking about him as like a potential future number one, mm. like franchise player. Wow. Wow. Am I am I off base there? No, like, I I hear you on that because like there What are can't
0: he do? He's so if he's been so efficient since coming into the league as a rookie. I mean, like first year, last year, 52% from the field. This year 54% of the field, shooting forty-four percent from three, has a mid-range pull-up, we just saw him hit a game winner with, is super but, strong. He's done like basket. multiple times this year. He's been insane
2: yeah. in the clutch.
0: Yeah. Like I would love to see him get his own team, but in 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 this case, I guess he will be more like a Jalen Brown kind of situation, maybe alongside of like Shea. He's as still Tatum an All role.
2: NBA player. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah Jalen Brown, except he can handle the ball and pass.
0: Yeah, that that too. That's the thing too. Like I actually like his long term outfit better than those guys. And then Chet, I mean, it's just super rare. Like any of these sort of unicorn guys, like you know that that alone. So yeah, OKC. Okay, I mean, arguably, do you think they have three prospects better than the Raptors? Have one prospect or no?
1: Would you take mm-hmm. all three of these guys over Scotty or no? no. No, I would not take Jalen
2: I like Jalen Williams a lot. I would not take him over Scotty Barnes. It's a conversation though. Wolf on having a conversation. Yeah. A short
1: one. Yeah.
2: So yeah, I mean it's like, do you like Scotty's passing and size, or do you like Jalen Williams' shooting? And like I mean, he could he's still a guy who can really pass the ball. I think his mm. playmaking has, has made a pretty big leap this year. So I think it's a conversation. I would take Scotty as well. Okay. Okay. But the fact that it's even close and the fact that they have three guys is – Yeah, is, is it's wild. Yeah.
0: Okay, Cash, give me another team that has a definitively a better core, young core than BBQ so far.
1: Well, I'm going to say the Spurs strictly because of Wemby. Like, that's, that's honestly – Right, that's if you go yeah. one through three, you can have a conversation. But if you're just going by, like, upside and even overall talent among the top three, I think Wemba is so good mm-hmm. and is going to be so good and so transcendent that – you yeah. have to take the Spurs here, like even as great. I, I've been as big a believer and supporter of Scotty Barnes almost mm-hmm. from the beginning. I still, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm very high on how good he's going to be, even better than he already is.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: He's, if things go the way they should and both stay healthy, even as good as Scotty Barnes is going to be, yeah. he's not going to touch what Victor Weminyama is at his best if he stays healthy. So like, no, Wemby's literally an alien, man. So like, you have you have to put
0: the Spurs you, you ahead of them strictly them. Yeah. because of that. It doesn't even matter who else the other two are because it's like Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell is kind of where I landed on that. I mean, like.
2: Vassell... I would say Vassell and Sohan. Sohan, yeah. I think the fact do you that you like they,
0: Sohan? I, well, I watch him when I get annoyed. But I get he's a young guy, but I'm like...
2: I, I, I just don't know he what he shoot. is
0: yet. You know what I mean? Like, he came yeah, into the sure. league
2: with this defensive reputation. I, I don't and see him
0: locking down like that.
2: I, I just think he doesn't really have the strength to do it right now, okay. especially in, in terms of, like, the types of assignments that they give him. You know, it's like you'll see him match up against Kawhi, and he just, you know, okay, okay. Has gets put in the Kawhi. weight room. Yeah. Like... I, I don't know what he is, but I think the fact that they have been doing this experimentation with him signals that they see him as part of their long-term future. And I think Vassell okay. is pretty good. Like, probably not a secondary guy on, like, yeah. a contender, but a, maybe a really good tertiary uh, piece on a contending team. So, like, that would be the three if I was picking, but... What do you think
0: about Vassell as, like, a comp for quickly? You know what? Do you see similarities there? I know, like, the maxi thing got thrown out immediately. Un- until he shoots better than 40% from two, he's not maxi to me. But, yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, or just, though? like, shows the ability to get to the rim with more frequency. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's not that's not terrible. Uh, v- Vassell's bigger.
0: Vassell is bigger. He's stronger, for sure. He's got a bigger frame.
2: But in terms of you know, they, the way they, they operate is, like, pick-and-roll ball handlers and mm-hmm. where they like to do their damage. Like, Vassell's more mid-range oriented. Quickly's more, like, three-point and floater range. Like, those mm-hmm. are sort of his two zones, whereas Vassell, I feel like, is more like a mid-range merchant. But uh, it's, it's not bad. Okay. All right.
0: Not bad. Okay, so we got OKC right now in San Antonio. It's definitely better. Um, I'm going to go with Memphis. Yeah. Yeah. John Morant is 24. Jaron Jackson is 24. Desmond Bain is 25 they fit and i mean we're talking about three all-star three I guys who are making williams. max uh vince williams is not going to make this list but if we expand it to four he would be in this list uh yep. just based on what i saw uh him just cooking grady dick one-on-one <laughs> at the end of a game he's sick yeah he he's he, he's nice but i don't even think i have to explain this one too much like we're just talking about three all-stars here like
1: the only thing yeah, yeah that could make you obviously have to explain it would be oh jaw right this oh, yeah. the, the yeah. off-court stuff with job but right I mean, given, if, you know, given he what just
0: he looked like, Instagram. I think we're right. actually we're pretty good on this yeah.
1: one. And given yeah. what he looked like in the what nine games this season, after missing almost like a year, not a year, yeah. but a lot of action over the last year, for him to come back and look as good as he did, if he comes back next season, mm-hmm. you no know, nothing happens off the court between now and then. Yeah, it, this is a no brainer with Memphis.
0: Okay, uh, Wolf, on back to you. Do you have another team that has a young core that's definitively better than BBQ,
2: Orlando,
0: Orlando? Okay. All right, give me what the Orlando. I had him I had Orlando as my probably better, but let's talk. Let, let's just let's just go with the Orlando
2: one. So, Paolo Franz obviously, mm-hmm. Franz. Um and then I I put Suggs. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you could put like Wendell Carter Jr., Cole Anthony, Anthony Black. Yeah, sure. Like, I, I don't think, I think Suggs is ahead of those guys at least this season. Yeah. But yeah.
1: Um, Who's the best of the six between Orlando's three intro- like right, right now, right now, right, right now you're taking Paolo or Scotty.
2: Scotty,
0: yeah, same. Would you take? Well, I mean, then you would take one more Franz then as well. That's why I had this conversation.
2: I, I, I had them probably better but, because but I don't think and the Raptors Franz have a are like prospect one A, one B. Like wh- you go from Scotty yeah. to like whether you think RJ or quickly was the better prospect. There's a mm-hmm. huge gulf there.
0: So if you were to draft all six of those guys, like Cash's exercise, you would take Scotty first, and then you would go Paolo, Franz, yeah. and then you would pick like RJ or quickly, and then Suggs probably
1: six. I, I, I might like take Suggs, Suggs over Mike, RJ. Yeah. I was going to say, we'll find Michael Suggs for.
2: Oh, wow. I mean, he's been arguably the best defensive guard in basketball.
1: Would you year. take him over quickly? Going forward. Like, not what they are right now. You're building for the future. Would you take Jalen Suggs Thanks. or Emmanuel
2: quickly? Man, it's so context-dependent. You mm-hmm. know, like, I think on a team where you have... I think the Magic still need it, like, a, an actual lead guard. So if they... I think I, they would be sick with quickly. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it's tough to say. I guess... If it came down to it, in a vacuum, I'd probably take quickly. Mm -hmm. Because just in terms of what he can do as a creator and as a shooter, I think that's maybe something you'd value a little bit more. But that's also like you're thinking of him as a building block. Mm -hmm. And you're saying, okay, if you're choosing between building blocks, you probably want the guy who can create efficient offense for you or be a really good complementary piece for a dynamic offense in a way that Suggs hasn't necessarily proven he can be just yet. Uh, Orlando's offense is down pretty bad right now. Yeah, I was going to say. But, they're falling back to 500. But. but he's shooting the ball better this year. Mm-hmm. He's like got some real downhill juice. And just his defense, I rate so highly. And um, it would be... Not an easy decision. So I I think that's why I'd ultimately have the Magic ahead of the Raps. Pretty definitive. Did you have
1: Orlando ahead of the Raptors as well? I had them like neck and neck, but I'd probably give the Raptors the edge only because I think Barnes is the best of the
0: six. All right. Um, I like that we had disagreement.
1: I'll give you the Pacers, though.
0: You got the Pacers. Yeah, I got the Pacers ahead, too.
1: It's Tyrese Halliburton who is impacting offense like few players in history Mm -hmm. ever have. Mm -hmm. That's how good Tyrese Halliburton has been this season, and he's 25 and under.
4: He's twenty-three. Uh, yeah. yeah, like
1: he, in two years, he could still be in this exercise. Yeah, and so you have that guy, and then take your pick of any two of the collection of promising young Pacers players that Who are, are some, not Raptors, yeah, that, are still <laughs> yeah, Pacers, not Raptors that are somehow still
0: Pacers. That's not what the Raptors. That are
1: somehow still Pacers, despite the fact they traded for Pascal Siakam. Yeah. So yeah, I'm putting them ahead of the Raptors.
0: Yeah, I think Halliburton alone, I think it's yeah. just... You got to give him that respect. I mean, he's leading a historic offense,
1: man.
2: Yeah, so I'll, I'll just jump in to say I had a whole tier of teams that I put ahead of the Raptors, and the tier was called mainly here because of one guy. Yeah, well, I mean, because, so, like,
0: for me, I'm going to take Luka, for example. Boston right. and Dallas. Dallas.
2: Boston and Dallas. Wemby. Yeah. Uh, Luka, Zion, Halliburton.
1: Okay, the Zion Zion. Point. The
2: Zion point I, I had
1: probably better, but we should probably talk. If you're just going pure talent... If you're going what I actually expect over the next few years based on the past Mm. Mm. and, like, what we should realistically expect from these guys, I just can't bring myself. I get where you're coming from. I just can't bring myself to put that faith in Zion Williams. At this point, yeah. But
2: then Trey Murphy, like, would you not? you take him over RJ, right?
1: Probably,
0: yeah.
2: Long term? Yeah. Maybe take him over quickly?
0: Yeah, I think I'd take him over quickly as well. Herb,
2: Jordan Hawkins. Dyson Daniels. I know we said three guys, but I think they have a yeah. they have a depth of young talent that is. Yeah. How old is Ingram at this point? Is he? Twenty six. He yeah.
0: He's twenty six. Okay, he missed So He's time.
2: aged out of this convo, but ah, yeah, I. Bet. I don't know, man. I just
0: I don't, I wouldn't. I just don't want to roll the dice on Zion no yeah. more, man. Yeah, See, that's fair. That's fair. It's I, context I, dependent. You yeah, know I'm, I'm
2: fine yeah. if you if you put yeah. them behind the Raptors in this specific conversation, but like the upside with Zion still to me, okay, puts them in a bit of a different conversation. But like, yeah, so that's my tier of like. Teams and Halliburton, you know, mm-hmm. again, Boston. Dude.
1: Boston is there too. Tatum's still twenty-five. Okay, th- for the another Boston month. It's is, is silly because you can't even
2: pick up two more prospects on their team.
1: But it, but it's still again, yeah. like he's going to be twenty-six in a month or two. But
2: but you got to you got to at least give me two names for who like
1: dude, who, who else is better than that prospects young Prospects are car. like
0: Delano and like um, yeah Nemeskita, right. like,
2: yeah, like Peyton Pritchard. But is it doesn't, still under but 25? doesn't
1: matter. But you g- give me Jason Tatum and two replacement level players between the ages of 19 yeah. and 25, you're telling me you wouldn't take, if right now you had the option, if you're the Raptors, to n- instead of starting with Barnes quickly and Barrett, you have the option to start with Jason Tatum, where he is right now. You're telling me you wouldn't, you'd be like, no, let me see the other oh, two man. guys. I, I that- don't know,
0: man. I'd agonize over the phone a little bit.
1: No, I would take Jason Tatum. Okay, again, I right. love Scotty. All right. I'm very high on what quickly can yeah. be. I've been yeah. impressed from, by RJ's Raptors tenure so far. Mm-hmm. There is no chance, I hesitate, if I have the chance to switch those three guys for having Jason Tatum, even at 25, even though he's like three years older than Barnes, 25 to wherever, you know, however long you have him. i take Tatum.
0: Okay, so I didn't hear Cleveland on this list because I was curious about that.
2: Well, that's a different tier. That's like, I have a... That's
0: a different tier for you because they got Mobley, 22, Garland, 24, still, Allen, Still 25.
2: above the Raptors,
0: to be clear. Okay, they're above the Raptors? Okay, cool.
2: But not in the tier of they're only here because of one guy, or mainly here because mm-hmm. of one guy. Is it um, because...
0: So again, going back to Cash's like practice of like if we were to line up the two groups and just draft the sixth, like Scotty I would probably take Scotty over any of these three, yeah. but then I would take the other three over RJ and quickly. Yes. At that point, I'm like, yeah, probably Cleveland is a little bit ahead. Cleveland's ahead for sure for
2: yeah. me. Uh yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's 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 have a think. The, I think what maybe holds Cleveland back in terms of like a long term projection for that group is maybe there's still some doubt about whether Mobley and Allen works Mm -hmm. long-term, especially in the playoffs. We've seen it work really well in the regular season. but That's fair. Lights were brighter than expected, et cetera, et
0: cetera. But um, it is kind of interesting to me, though, that they're playing really good basketball right now with some injuries. And there is, like, a level of clarity to how Cleveland is playing.
1: And they're number six on offense since Uh, Mobley went down, I think, which is interesting, right? Because the defense, there was never a concern. And even without Mobley, if you go by, uh, since Mobley and Garland have both been out of the lineup starting December 15th, when I think Cleveland's 13-4 and since then, they're still number one on defense, even without Mobley, Hmm. for like five weeks. Damn. And the difference is their offense went from 22nd to 6th. Marvin Bagley the 4th. Okay, um... (laughs) Minnesota?
2: Jesus.
0: You definitely have Minnesota in this list, right? Yeah, Because yeah, have the yeah. N-words. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jaden McDaniels and Nazarene, like, yep. I guess, mean, it. That's how, that's how I filled it good. out as well. Okay, so let's have a conversation then about uh, Atlanta, for example. Atlanta's interesting to me. They got Trey Young at 25, Jalen Johnson at 22, and then uh, I, I put Onyeka Kongu at 23. That's, I think that's probably their third yeah. best prospect. Yep. Um, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. But then again, Atlanta just doesn't win games. Like, the Raptors don't win games. So what, what, is, is there something missing with that kind of current group as is or is it a fit issue like you know curious to hear your thoughts on atlanta
1: i think as we've probably all discussed at various points over the last few years as magnificent a player and as dazzling a playmaker and you know Mm -hmm. as deep as his ranges for trey young it is hard to construct a winner around him or there there are more challenges Mm -hmm. that come with trying to construct a winner around him than usually come with stars of his talent sure and sure. that doesn't mean it can't happen or it won't happen at some point but it is different than say and i know we're talking about two different positions and player types but still mm-hmm. the point stands it is different than say like when i was just talking about jason tatum a few minutes ago yeah, right when i was like well, just give me that right? guy yeah i'll take him over the three raptors guy and i'll figure it out because of his you can call. play any style you want right. really as well yeah with trey if you have him in that kind of superstar tier he's at the bottom of it because the the point of superstars is they're supposed to be able to like give you the ability to just figure out the rest later. Mm-hmm. Give me that guy and figure out the rest later, and I'll figure out the rest later. Sorry. With Trey, you don't, you can't do that. Yeah. With Trey, it's like, all right, I'll take him, and I love the talent and all this and the offensive side of the ball, but I have a lot of questions to answer now elsewhere and fit-wise. Like, mm-hmm. it's just not as seamless as you want it to be Sure, from a star of that perceived caliber. He
0: does take a lot off the table. I agree with you. But at the same time, though, on paper, that's pretty talented as a top three, especially with the way Jalen Johnson's... Uh, you know, jump this year.
2: Yeah, I put the I had them one spot ahead of the Raptors. Of the Raptors. okay. And it's mainly because I think that Jalen Johnson is a stud. I, yeah, I agree. Potential future All Star. Is like, you see the game where like,
0: they 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 beat Philly in overtime? No. Okay, Jalen Johnson went like literally every play in overtime. He was scoring, he was defending, he was stealing the ball. Like, man, I I I don't know. I, I think I had this idea that like. Okay, he's breaking out, but it's just like almost like a, a better John yeah. Collins. Like, no, he's so much better no, than John dude, Collins. No, dude, I
2: told man. you early in the season, yeah. you asked me about this. I'm like, watch out for this dude. He's, yeah. And because people were talking about, no, oh, right. if Atlanta's interested in Pascal, maybe they, maybe we can get Jalen Johnson. I'm no, like, Jalen Johnson's not, not on happening. the table, that deal should have been made, no, 100%. I don't think, I mean, maybe in the offseason before he proved that this you know like he could be the player that he's shown he can be this year like well even was like Ruger, maybe kobe Buffkin and aj griffin yeah
1: he i don't, I think re- I don't remember ever hearing his name season. i In honestly i would have taken but. kobe bufkin and aj griffin given what they as i said on pound the rock last week they mm. couldn't even get a ben shepherd for god's they sake they couldn't like.
0: even get a ben shepherd yeah um but yeah great, so great mustache by the way a young guy with the mustache you rarely see that combination yeah,
2: yeah. yeah well What's, does Bruce Brown have a mustache? Am I making that up?
0: He does have a little bit of a mustache, yeah. yeah. He's
2: 27 yeah. though, it doesn't count.
0: No, but it's not as bushy as Ben <laughs> Ben Shepherd's mustache, man. Every time I watch him, I'm like, what? <laughs> you look like a 90s rookie. It matches the hustle, though. If you watch him play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like him. He stood out in summer league as well. Um okay, what about what about Portland? Portland was a, a conversation that I think maybe coming into the year, if you told me that like, okay, Scotty, Quickly, and RJ are gonna team up, and those three, are they better prospects than Sh- uh, Shaden Sharp? Anthony Simons and Scoot Henderson, you'd probably go with Portland. But I don't know. Scoot's been so, so aggressively underwhelming as a rookie offensively that, uh, you know, it's
2: tough. Also, those guys are all guards, you know. I don't think the the fit is quite as complimentary as the Raptors guys. I also think as as
1: much as I like each one of those Portland youngsters and I really like Simons, I think he's underrated, Mm -hmm. I think the gap between Scotty's ceiling, even where Scotty is now, let alone his ceiling, and any of those three guys is quite sizable.
0: Okay. That's that's fair. I, I had Portland uh, below the Raptors as well. Um, Houston, Houston. It's interesting. Shingun is making this up, jump above. They're above for you. Yeah. Okay. Give me the, the case for why Houston was Shingun, Jabari, and who was your third for Houston?
2: Uh, Tari tar Eason. Tari Eason. okay. But it could be Eamon Thompson. Like I, it's right, right, not right. Jalen Green for me right now. But like, yeah. The, that's why it's tough with Houston because. They got got a lot of guys. Ken Whitmore's, like, show me something. That's the thing. Like, they they got six guys. Like, if you want to include Jalen Green, who I'm a little bit out on right now. But, like, you could throw out six guys where you're like, this is a young core where any or all of these guys could be part of a really good team moving forward. (laughs) And I know they've had a lot of veteran help in getting them to the level they're at. They've sort of accelerated their rebuild, but, I mean, they're kind of feels like they're ahead of schedule, Mm -hmm. which is maybe weird to say because they picked at the top of the draft like three years in a row, but... Yeah, what
0: was their schedule? Because it seemed like their GM was going to get fired, and then they made all these signings, and I don't think he's going to get fired now.
2: Yeah, so (laughs) maybe ahead of schedule is not the right way to put it, but I think they've made a leap... I I don't don't think we quite expected them to be as good as they've been this year.
0: I agree, for sure. So,
2: Shangun is a superstar to me. Mm. Like, I I think... Honestly, I would probably take him ahead of Scotty at this point. Really?
1: Yeah. I like Shengun a lot. I don't think I would. Uh, I think it's close. I I don't. I'm not quite there. I wouldn't take him over Scotty.
2: I just think. Okay. So so Scotty has the two way ability that Shengun is maybe never going to have, and that's a, an important but consideration. But for his defense but, has gone a lot higher this year, and absolutely. that was the huge concern. Yeah. He's been much better defensively. He's so has Scotty, for the record. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um. So. With Shangoon, I just see him as being the type of guy who can be an offensive hub. Yeah. In the manner, and I'm not making this comparison, but Mm -hmm. in the manner of like a Jokic, an Embiid, uh, you know, on a lower level like a Sabonis. Somebody you can basically run everything through. Mm -hmm. Okay. And derive really efficient offense from that. And I just don't know if Scotty can ever be that type of player maybe i'm i'm no, underselling no, I, I, him but here's the thing i, I don't think it's underselling because shangun is that
0: talented offensively like what Wizard. you're saying is shangun can pretty much always get you an efficient two yeah and that that's a huge skill like that that's always going to draw help he's he's always shown to be a really good passer and you know and there just are a things really that he can really like crafty
2: his, post player like such oh, nice yeah. footwork
0: totally balance is amazing he stretches he finishes with either hand like yeah. it's 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 nice i i get it i think the case for Scotty is just like he's more of a two-way guy, and you might be able to fit potentially more pieces around him because he is so flexible. We've already seen him play a variety of roles. Like, if you told me Scotty played small ball five the whole time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he could give you like a ton of production. We've seen that consistently over his three-year career so far with the Raptors. But uh, yeah, that one's that one's really close for me too. But I think it, I think I probably go with Scotty. Same. I go with
1: Scotty because I think when. And I've said this before, even when we were comparing, like, Barnes to Mobley. And I know Mobley's a very different player than Shengu, and I'm not. But what I said at the time was, like— One-way players, both of them. Yeah, and in general, if you give me two prospects that I'm pretty similarly high on in terms of overall talent or whatever, but one of them is a prototypical, like, obviously not LeBron, but, like, in that LeBron body mold kind Mm. of thing, like, point-forward type on offense who can basically guard all five positions on defense who's going to run the offense in a more traditional sense. I know Shen Goon can be a hub, but he's not, like, running the offense per se. Yeah. Give me the guy who's going to be able to kind of run the offense, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. be that point forward and still giving something on defense. I'll take that guy over the,
2: but the big thing, man hub who can't defend. Yeah. The thing is that offense has changed. Yeah, fair. Like, when you talk about run the offense, like, offenses don't really run the way that they did even, like, three or four years ago. Okay. Like, hub-centric offense is kind of all the rage right now. All these offenses are running stuff through the yeah. elbow. Nice. Triangle principles, like. You're like Stefan on this, Saturday Night Live right now. Post-hub offenses is all the rage. I don't even know what that means. Okay. <laughs> Let's just keep going. I guess I just mean, like, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm, if lo- I'm, <laughs> anyway, please. Is this a flattering comp or it's, flattering. Not, it's neither,
1: it's, it's not flattering <laughs> yeah, it's, or, it's uh, neutral. or, it's neutral. Uh, yeah, it's
2: just great. Um, no, it's not a bad thing. No, so, I mean, it,
0: you're right. Yeah. Post-hub offenses are really, you know, in vogue. and
2: I just think, yeah. So, like, looking toward the future, I'm not certain that having a type of, you know, oversized ball handler, as as valuable as mm-hmm. that archetype obviously can be, is necessarily more valuable than having somebody who can run a really, really effective
0: mm-hmm.
2: high post or elbow-centric offense. So. I think
0: for me... The difference here between like scotty versus shangun is like if scotty gets like a go-to scoring move that he can consistently uh hit like a Kawhi, like mid-range like pull up for example and of course that's asking for a lot Kawhi has like an incredible all-time mid-range pull-up but like if he gets that one scoring move that consistently gets him baskets one-on-one um and that also consistently forces the double team him then i feel like i'm pretty comfortably taking over shangun Right now, though, Shangun is just so good offensively, as you mentioned, is, and you know, the flexibility that you can do with that type of offense Yeah. that, yeah, I mean, that's why the conversation is closer to me. Um,
2: but also shout out Jabari Smith and Tari Eason. Who, yeah, 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 Who right. are really, really good defensive prospects. Mm-hmm. And Whitmore, who's like obviously very raw, but just like right. crazy athlete and looking like he can definitely be something. And I just wanted to like quickly throw out mm. the stat because I'm obsessed with it. But just to prove kind of what a gunner he is right now and how far he still has to go in spite of his raw tools. But 137 field goal attempts this season and 35 free throw attempts. So we're talking about something in the range of like 150 or more uh, true shooting attempts. Mm -hmm. Six assists. What? Oh, wow. uh, Yeah, so he's got to find a little bit more balance between calling his own number and uh, creating for others. but, um, But I like the outline of him as a player as well. Sure. Uh,
1: I'll throw in one more thing. I'm not sure how much time we have before. Nah, just last thought. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. And it's just... And I obviously, you
2: know, I don't want to
1: dump on the Raptors' future because I, I remain high uh, on I Scotty. We're kind of concluding. They're around like 10, 11. Yeah, and right I'm, I'm still yeah. obviously so high on Scotty's ceiling and what that can bring to franchise. So I don't want to dump too much on it. But the one thing I will say is a lot of times people do kind of get too wrapped up in the like young core thing and the 25 and under thing mm. when it's like... Not that it doesn't matter... But, for example, like, we haven't talked about Milwaukee and Denver, right? Or Philly. Like if Giannis is 29. I think it beats the same. Jokic is 28. Yeah. They're not 25 and under. I would still take those guys for the last couple of years of their 20s and the first years of their 30s yeah, yeah. than anyone 20. Like, is that what state. we're doing <laughs> here. But no, Though, but no, but what I'm saying is. <laughs> we're doing a Raptor show, man. It's I know, the, but the my only point way we can is, them now. my point is, is that a team could have a very bright future in terms Mm -hmm. of, like, young talent. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean anything just because teams that are a lot better than them today are also a lot older than them. Like, that doesn't mean, oh, two years from now, it's
2: all of a sudden going to switch. Yeah. No, definitely not. I'm signing up for Jokic's 30s ahead of, like, pretty much... Anything Anything any other guy's
1: yeah. 20s So that's the thing. So it's like, okay, yeah, Denver, Denver isn't one of the teams we ranked whose young core ranks ahead of them, mm-hmm. but we're still ranking their future ahead of the rap. Like, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I just thought it was be a fun exercise. No, it is, it know. is.
1: I'm not, I'm not dumping on the uh, exercise, it's, not, it's, it's all good. I'm we're, not dumping on the exercise. We're going to
0: take this break now because uh, you dumped on the exercise. All right, I've been your host, Will. You've been listening to The Raptors Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network.
1: Big opinions and in-depth conversations covering the Leafs, Jays, Raptors, and the NFL. The JD Bunkus Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Walu. I got the Pound the Rock crew. Subscribe to Pound the Rock. You get to hear Cash and Wolf on argue over, you know or or something like that some some kind of fringe topics in addition to all the you know super topical and big news uh around the league okay so something I know that you guys will probably do something similar to this but like I was thinking about this in the sense that Milwaukee clearly is so desperate to to win the chip this year absolutely if not this year next year like the, the pressure is on because they literally fired Adrian Griffin even though he led the team to 30 and a 13 record now whatever I mean were, were the bucks playing to their potential? I don't think anyone who watched them this year would say that as a definitive yes. But, you know, they clearly to me were a championship or bust team. And I I was curious cuz I wanted to get your thoughts on just a couple of these teams. And you just tell me if they are actually championship or bust teams cuz there are some teams in here that are to me conference finals or bust. Like if they get to conference finals they'd be pretty happy. Uh Bucks, absolutely championship or bust.
1: So, here can I I'll, here's what I'll say. I think that there's like three things to be championship bust, right? It's um, maybe your best guys are on expiring contracts. They're mm. usually veteran teams that have been knocking on the door, can't get over the hump. And if, if they don't win it this year, they may never get another shot with mm. this core. Okay. And to be honest, I actually don't think there's one team that checks all of the boxes. And the reason for that is because the teams that are most all in, it's Milwaukee, Phoenix, and who am I missing? And the Clippers. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot about feeding Well, Phoenix, the thing is, like, Giannis thing. extended, right, and yep. even Kawhi just extended. Yeah. And in the case of the Suns, yeah, they're veteran, they're old, they're aging. Mm. But all three of those big three, you could, you know, locked, yeah. quibble over whether it's a good fit and and whether they should have done it, but they're all locked in for at least a couple of years. So I don't think there's a true team that's absolutely like, if we don't win the championship mm. this year, okay. this whole thing yep. is a failure. But I think those three teams check two of those three boxes, right, in that they're. Aging cores. Okay. Some of them have been knocking on the door and haven't gotten over the hump. Milwaukee obviously got one. But yeah, those are the three that are the closest to like absolutely all in. Okay. It's the Bucks, the Clippers, and the Suns.
0: Okay. All right. This is, uh- that,
2: that's my top three. But I also, I just sort of, I hate to do this because I know Cash dumped on your last segment already, but oh, let's go, let's go. Just, we're going two for two. I just sort of reject championship or bust as a premise. Oh, like, no, out, sometimes, out, it, out sometimes it sometimes it wow. sometimes <laughs> it qualifies. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes right, it qualifies.
0: Whoa, what we're doing is called sports radio. All right, it's
2: hard to win, man. <laughs> hard to win. I uh, reject yeah, the,
0: the premise. That's not that's not what we do around here. No, I'm getting. No, go ahead. though. No, I...
2: Um, but yeah, if we're doing like you know championship desperation index, then that's that's mm. definitely the top three.
0: Got you. Okay. Um. Where does where does Boston rank on this list? Because I, I had them as championship or bust. So, like, they're not going to, like, bust, I suppose, because their team is, like, again, locked in or whatever. But, like, you know, <laughs> the expectation is clearly that they want to win a chip this year. They they look like, on paper, the best team in the league.
1: Yeah, I kind of had them. So, I had the second tier as uh, Sixers, Wolves, and Heat as teams that, you know, um, at the very least, they're... They need to have super deep runs. I don't think they're a championship robust. Like, those top three are close to okay, it. But right. I think each of those teams, when you look at whether it's the cores being aging or in the case of Minnesota, you know, potential tax ramifications coming, that they might not actually. Like, everyone just assumes it's, it's Ant, Cat, and Gobert. But I don't know if they're going to have all three of those guys mm. going forward because once those tax implications come, yeah, um, they might have to move Cat. So, sneakily, this might be their last year. Or Interesting. Like, so, I have them okay. in that second tier with Miami and Philly. Because even Philly, like, everything's going well yeah. in Nurse's first year. Maxie's established himself as a second-year star. But there was reporting early in the year after they made the Harden trade that what they do with the assets they got from the Harden trade and also how they do in the playoffs could determine whether Joel Embiid asks for a trade or not this mm. summer. And I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I don't think you can completely rule that off. Yeah. Like, no, no, they, they... – so they're in the second team. They gotta
2: me. get past the second round.
0: Yes. But Oh yeah. I, but, I but, the, but are they happy if they if they lose in the conference finals? Like is, is this a team that like they're like, Okay, you know what? We 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 broke through a next year.
2: I think it's more
1: palatable to them than it is to the Bucs or the Clippers or the Suns. Yeah. And it but
2: it also matters how it happens. You know, if, like, they beat Milwaukee in the second round Mm -hmm. and go down swinging against a really good Celtics team in the conference finals. Like they're losing seven or something, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they're happy about it, but that definitely feels like significant progress. Okay. If the bracket breaks for them in such a way that it's like maybe they beat the Knicks in the second round and it Mm -hmm. doesn't look all that impressive, and then they get stomped by Boston or Milwaukee in the conference finals, right? Right. then... Mm -hmm. You, it's just, like, always context-dependent, I guess. But they have to get past the second round this year. They just have to.
1: Well, the, the reason I had Boston in a tier below those teams, despite being obviously the best team on paper, yeah. is that, like, if you look at Boston's top six, and we talk about that they have the yeah. best top six and there's not a lot of depth. all six of those guys are locked in for next year. I and know, again, when, but... once the Tatum extension kicks in in a couple years... That's when, kind of similar to what I was saying with Minnesota, the tax implications come yeah. in and they're going to have to make some decisions. But for at least next year, mm-hmm. they still have their top six locked in. And so, again, while I think for sure there's pressure for them to win, they've been to the finals with this court, they're always in the conference finals, they haven't won one yet, I just can't bring myself to say Boston's as close to all in as the other six teams I mentioned because the best team in basketball with mm-hmm. an overwhelming advantage in their top six should be able to bring back the exact top six next year.
2: Yeah. yeah. They're they're the team that can look at themselves and be like, we're going to have another really good shot at this. that's what I feel like Boston's been doing it so many consecutive years. For sure.
0: And I just look like at a certain point, you just, you like their version of the Sixers not being as a second round is just not winning the championship period, right? Like their team is so good. And they're so good in the regular season that it doesn't even matter. It's a joke to them. When they play the Raptors, let's rest like two, three stars. We'll still beat them kind of deal. Like it's, they're so good that like I feel like you're almost taking them off the hook if you don't say that they like, they need to win the chip this year. Even though I get it, like they're sustainable, they can they they can run the whole group back. I, I don't know. I man. think again, I, that's, I maybe think that's just the hater in me, man. I can't wait to hate on Boston when no, they lose again this year.
1: I hear you, but I think there's a difference between like they'll be disappointed if they don't win the championship yeah. versus they really need to w- like get over the hump this year. And I just I can't bring myself to say knowing that again five of the six are for sure under team control next year. Drew holiday has got like a $39 million player option. I'm assuming he'll pick up. For the most part, they should have Mm. those six guys back next year. It's hard for me to say they need to win it this year when they should be able to bring back what's going to be like a 65-win team going into next year.
0: All right, real quickly, we didn't hear – I don't think I heard Lakers, and I don't think I heard Nuggets. So I I had – The conference finalists out West.
1: I had Lakers Warriors in the tier with Sixers-Wolves-Heat, but as like they're in the tier – but it's it's kind of fugazi. It's fake because, mm. okay, because right. they're in that tier, but do any of us, real yeah. from what we've seen from either team, right. realistically expect, like, they're barely clinging to play-in life. And in the case of the Warriors, they're not even in a play-in spot. Yeah. They
2: don't deserve to have these expectations <laughs> <Yeah>. heaped upon <laughs> yeah. them, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I hear you. You're right. Um, You're right. But
1: from a roster construction standpoint, yeah. age, tax implications, all that, yeah. they do fit the They belt.
2: got superstar pressure, but yeah. they, their yeah. team they is not even that They can come out and good. say, well, the season's championship or bust, for us, but then it's like, oh, okay, so it's bust. Then you're starting on the road in the play-in tournament. (laughs) You're not a championship or bust team. Um, I did have the, again, not championship or bust, but if we're talking like make the second round or bust, I had the Cavs kind of in that tier with Minnesota. because like, they've got the Mitchell, you know, thing hanging over them a little bit. Yeah. And... I, well, I mean, they they shoved out a lot of stuff to get him. No, I know, I know. And if I, know. They, and if, I just don't take them seriously, I'm sorry. <laughs> they can win as much as they want in the regular season. It doesn't matter to me, man. Well, but what you don't take them seriously as a team that could win a first round series? No, I, I. They can win one round. They can Well, so that's round what round. I'm saying. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I'm okay, not saying okay. they're gonna right. do any better than that. I just feel like if they go out in the first round again, then right. that's and you know an existential crisis for sure. And probably they're looking at trading Mitchell in the offseason. So right, they have a lot riding on on winning a round, and then you know Minnesota as well who haven't won a playoff series in 20 years, I want to say. Mm. They won yeah. two playoff series in 2004, and that's yeah. it, which are the only two series they won in franchises. Yeah, they got to win a round. They, yeah, they, they got to win a round. Well, uh, if you want
0: context-dependent podcasting on the NBA, check out Pound the Rock. But I appreciate you guys, Cash and Wolf, for to help me once again. And uh, we're going to let you guys go. We're going to take a break. We're going to get to that Darko Yakovich interview afterwards. But in the meantime, I've been your host, Will. You've been listening to The Raptors Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network.
3: Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Welcome back to the Raptors show on the Sportsnet Radio Network, I'm your host, Wayne Lou. Uh, thanks once again to Cash and Wolf on for joining us in Hour 1. Uh, to start Hour 2, uh, I was able to get down to Raptors practice yesterday for a one-on-one sit-down with Raptors head coach. Uh, Darko Ryakovich, we're able to cover just a lot of topics. I mean, the, the whole roster has changed over. Um, you know, he's a new coach himself, how his style of play has been integrated with the team. And, of course, Darko's been in the news a lot recently uh, a turbulent last two weeks uh, for him as well. So we're able to get into all of that. Big thanks to Raptors PR for helping to set up the opportunity to chat with the coach. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Raptors head coach Darko Rajakovic. All right, welcome back to the Raptors Show. We're down here at Raptors practice with head coach Darko Rajakovic. Coach, wanted to check in with you. It's about halfway through the season right now. Um, look, results wise, the record isn't necessarily where you guys want to be, but process wise. How are you finding the process of this team? Because Masai had said something in his press conference where he said Darko's play style is really sustainable. So I wanted to hear about your thoughts on the process of how the things have gone this year.
5: Mm, Definitely we have a team uh, that's in the making. Uh, We had uh, a lot of changes on, on the roster, and it really feels like a new, fresh start of the season for us. You know, and uh, today and tomorrow we have two days uh, before we play uh, uh, Clippers, and it really feels like uh, like a training camp in a sense so uh, we were able to implement a lot of uh, stuff offensively and defensively that we did not have chance to talk to the guys and teach them in a past week or two um but uh, it's it's really that it's it's a process you know right now with the team is uh, uh, shaping the team around our core players uh, around scotty and quickly and uh uh, RJ and a young group of guys that we have and uh, really uh, looking forward to get Yak uh, back with, with us to establish that chemistry with, with him as well. I, thought, I think those are the most important things in preparation to, to uh, finish this season but also leading into the next season. Great. Uh,
0: so I know coming into the year a lot of the talk was about the ball movement is going to change on this team. We have seen that. You guys are third in the league I believe in passes per game, second in assists per game. Um, you know, how are you finding this new group in being able to execute that? And sort of what were the initial challenges when you wanted to put that style of play in?
5: For sure, uh, challenges, because uh, p- players coming from uh, from different teams with different uh, habits. Uh, that was our biggest emphasis today uh, uh, on the court uh, regarding offense. Uh, we wanted to put guys on the court to understand the spacing and to understand the flow. Uh, we're giving players freedom to, to play with, but also there is a responsibility that, that, that comes uh, with that. Uh, ball movement, uh, body movement is something that's, uh, that's very important, and that's not going to change. That doesn't matter who who's on our roster. That's something that I believe is very sustainable in the long run and something that's going to help us uh, to build a team in the future.
0: Do do you think, because of the trades now, you've had a lot more guards on the roster than when you started the season, for example. Does that make it easier to play point five basketball, considering that a lot of it is deciding to shoot, pass, or drive the ball in in a short span of time?
5: Uh, it is. Uh, it makes us uh, faster offensively. It makes us a little bit uh, smaller defensively. Yeah. Uh, right now, we're struggling with our defensive rebounding, and uh, that's something that we got to con- continue to focus on and get better. But offensively, I, I really think that uh, uh, ball movement, uh, and especially when we open up the floor with, with more sh- uh, shooters and more, more shooting ca- capabilities, it's going to help uh, with our ball movement even more.
0: Okay. So I want to ask you about some of the, the, the new guys that have joined the team. Um, RJ, I think, has really hit the ground running. He's shooting 56% from the field since coming to the Raptors. And I looked it up. He's only taken three mid-range shots in 12 games since coming to Toronto. What were the conversations like that you've had with RJ about taking his game to the next level and getting him to play the right way?
5: First thing that uh, I talked to RJ is uh, he needs to play as an athlete. I think uh, think, uh, his athletic ability uh, is uh, still to be developed. I think he did not reach his potential. I want him to play above the rim. I want him to be aggressive. I want him to take spot-up shots and take the ball to the rim. But at the same time, I want him to be playmaker and to make the right decisions. You know, I don't want him to feel uh, that, that there is any kind of pressure that he has to score. I always say we don't decide how defense is gonna guard us. And if they put two players on you, he has to be able to find his teammates and find open open people. You know, and a great example is in uh, last game we were running in ATO play for him. Mm. Uh, he touched the paint. He had opportunity to score, but whole defense collapsed, and then he find quickly quickly find uh, 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 Gary Trent for wide open threes. so that's kind of like something that they have going to continue developing in his game
0: okay um, I want to ask you about Emmanuel quickly as well right we see I know you said the other game you wanted them to shoot more threes and you get eight nine attempts up per game I'm curious have you had a lot of players in your career who are as talented as quickly who you have to ask them to shoot even more often than they do because I feel like most players want to shoot instead of in this case where you're almost asking to shoot more
5: no, I don't think he has a problem to shoot more threes. Uh, I think he's uh, uh, on new team. Uh, he's trying not to uh, come off as, you know, whatever, selfish guy or sure. whatever. Yeah. He's trying to move the ball. He's tr- trying to find his role on a team and how that develops for him. I think it's going to come naturally. I would not put too much uh, stake on that. Uh, obviously, I'll, I'll try. we were going to try as a team to put him in situations to have more of those opportunities. Mm-hmm. He's also a guard that really depends on quality of screens. And, right. uh, you know, first couple of games that he had chance to, to play with Yak. Yak was really freeing him, him up. And he was getting more opportunities to shoot floaters. And, and, and three-point shots, so I think it's going to come down naturally. He's uh, he's very aggressive player, and that's that's what we need him to be. He needs to be aggressive to score.
0: Yeah, well, I, I think this might be speaking to the same point about you know playing off of a big and all the space that a guy like Jakub right behind us creates with his screening. But notice that his two-point percentage right now is a little bit low. It's it's under 40 percent. Uh, for the first time in his career. Do you feel like there needs to be some improvements there? Or when you look at the film, is it a shot selection? Is it just randomness? Is it? A... I'd just love to hear your diagnosis about his, his, his work inside the arc.
5: It's uh, uh, very hard uh, to to assess just like after, uh, you know, whatever it was that 10-12 games, yeah. uh, Ian. Um, I think a uh, big part of his uh, floaters and his mid-range shots they're coming when a uh, f- uh, big man frees him up and he has those shots. Okay. And uh, lately he, he we did not do good enough job of freeing him up, so a lot of times he was actually getting contested shots, mm-hmm. so we need to do better job as a team and me as a coach to put him Situations to have cleaner and better looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that his shot is just fine. Uh, so I, I believe that he's going to be completely fine there.
0: Okay, good. Um, Want to talk about Scotty as well. So we've seen him take this big jump this year. He's doing a little bit of everything, honestly, especially with Jaco He's playing center sometimes. He's double teaming the ball. He's creating a lot of the offense, drawing double teams. Like, pretty much anything you could ask Scotty to do, he's already doing. So we see that on the court, off the court. How have you seen him grow as a person and as a a professional in your time here since joining the Raptors?
5: I think uh, Scotty is doing a great job. Uh, Obviously, everybody can see the progress that he's making on the court uh, at the same time. Uh, he's doing a really good job. Uh, he's the one, uh, he's young player, it's hard for him to, to uh, be leader with his voice with the guys, but what he does, he does a great job of leading by example. He is uh, putting a lot of work in, he's early coming to the gym. Uh, He's also going really hard in every single yeah. practice and shoot around. And that sets, sets the tone for everybody else, too, to go and, and work really hard. You know, So he's making a lot of uh, jumps there. His communication mm-hmm. with staff, with uh, with coaches, with teammates is, is uh, uh, really good. So all kudos to for, for Scotty.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the vocal leadership part, too, is, is interesting because I think, you know, ideally you want your best player to also be your most vocal player as well. But for a guy so young, can he get there? Do you think he can get there to that point where he is like a Kyle Lowry, for example, in Toronto who – Kind of told everyone where to be, everywhere, everywhere how to be, on the court, off the court. And you saw how that sort of lifted the whole organization. Can you see that for Scotty in that kind of future?
5: Absolutely. I can see that uh, with Scotty. probably not with uh, at the age of 23, yeah, but yeah. Uh, at the later stages of, of a career and uh, the more he's learning the, the league mm-hmm. and uh, the game and uh, his teammates, he will be able to do more and more of that. Uh, he's, uh, he's speaking up in a, in a team setup, in video sessions, and uh, he's always bringing uh, great points to the table. And, uh, you know, he's doing that in the game as well, encouraging his players. I can see a lot of growth in that area for him as well.
0: Okay. Last last question about your players before I want to ask about you, Coach. People never ask the coach about the coach. It's always about the players. But um, with Grady, um, I know there was – you You had mentioned that he went down for a two-week conditioning stint. Can you just give us more clarity in terms of, you know, why that went into what went into that decision and also what he did specifically in that stint?
5: and uh, when you have a college player uh, who who was only for one year in college uh, uh that comes to nba there is a lot of uh unknown you know mm-hmm. the league is different uh game is different uh, basketball is different yeah. uh he played 30 something games now he's coming in the league with 82 games regular season there is a lot of change and a lot of times their body is not body and mind is not prepared for mm. that kind of uh uh, workload and uh, uh, we thought we sat down we analyzed everything what was going on we found that, that it's very important for him to get really good continuity work with uh, with lift with our uh, player performance staff and uh, with coaches to work a lot of individually and to uh, really focus on a couple of things that he needs to improve offensively and defensively mm-hmm. and um, you know our staff did a really good job there in the question of three weeks you could see the difference the mm. way he was moving on the court like his body and he was actually adding some weight there. Okay. It, it's just something that's that's for me it's natural. Not right. necessarily that like just playing every single game is is a, a great thing for player development. Sometimes you need to make, you know, a one step, you know, mm-hmm. behind and work uh, more on on your body or mind and then put those things together through playing in with 905 uh, and then playing with us.
0: Yeah, I notice uh, to to your point um, the assistant coaches that work with them. I know Evo for example works a lot with with Grady. A lot of the times they're teaching him things like, you know, how to make a, a jump pass or, uh, you know, how the proper technique on a closeout or shooting off the movement and everything like that. I think those little details, I think especially for a rookie, is so important to transition. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how he grows. I know that he's getting more and more minutes now again, and hopefully he keeps that confidence and continues to build. Now I wanted to ask about you as well. So you've had a couple uh, interesting few uh, weeks. Uh, number one, I want to start with your meeting with Phil Jackson. Um, we, we know that Alice McKechnie is going to get the assist for that one, um, but yeah, what did you take out of that? And, and, and what do you think of Phil? When, when, what comes to mind when you think about Phil Jackson?
5: Uh- Phil Jackson is uh, one of the greatest coaches ever to, to coach a game, yeah. you know, uh, extremely accomplished, won uh, 11 uh, rings uh, with two different teams and uh, he's somebody that uh, I had chance to read uh, all of his books and ah. uh, to follow his career somebody that I admired from afar. And, uh, you know, I I felt uh, very, very fortunate to have a chance to, to sit down with him, meet him in person, and to spend uh, almost two hours talking basketball and, uh, you know, to, to create some uh, relationship with him that's mm-hmm. going to continue to grow. Um, we were able to talk about... Uh, uh, state of the of the game uh, nowadays uh, we were able to uh, uh, talk about ideas on offense and defense and the player development it was really really helpful to to see his approach and there, there is something special about him just the way he sees things like uh, he sees it with, with the different kind of lenses and it was very helpful for me to to hear that from him
0: okay so we should expect to see the triangle offense sometime in, in Toronto
5: <laughs> we'll see <laughs> okay maybe parts of it <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah parts of it for sure um I want to ask you so that that later that day you guys play the Lakers and then you know I'm not gonna get you fined again but y- you had a incredible moment um you know post game and unfortunately that comes with a cost twenty five k is that the biggest single expense you've had so far
5: uh it <laughs> is but um, um, it's it's also worthwhile uh, because uh, all I wanted to do is to protect uh, our team, protect Mm -hmm. our players. And, um, you know, I I just wanted to to make a statement there for our guys.
0: Yeah, well, I think, you know, um, talking to Dennis, for example, I think guys really did appreciate it the way that you you backed up the the, the team in that day. So I'm not going to ask any further ones on that. I think 25K is already a big enough expense. Um, Speaking of expenses, though, something that kind of went viral this year. um, I think when Pascal was uh, around, he, he, he talked about one day about how, you know, you guys go on these team dinners and there was just maybe an incentive or three wins for, you know, and you would pick up the tab for a team dinner is that offer still on the table and, and honestly just how often and how important are these team dinners that you guys have?
5: I mean uh, the whole deal there is it's not about uh, me buying a dinner uh-huh. it's not about that it's about just team bonding you know right. and uh, um, I don't have uh, any problem to pick up a tab uh, yeah. when we win three uh, when we get three wins and uh, I'm really looking forward for to, to get those three wins <laughs> this <too>. season <laughs> uh, like everybody else uh, but uh, that uh, that's just part, part of the culture of us being together mm-hmm. and sharing for each other and helping each other, and I think every time when we have those team dinners, something good comes out of that. Guys yeah. are able to connect; they're able to talk to each other. They, they leave their cell phones for for an hour or two yeah. hours, and it just like creates that human human relationship that's very very important and not enough uh, uh, developed in our day society.
0: You know, it's first off, that's really interesting, and I know Popovich, for example, used to always do this, and I know you spent some time with the Spurs, but um, the, the portable phone. So I there was a two nights ago now carl anthony town scores like 62 points and i think at halftime all the teammates were like aware that oh my god Embiid is also scoring a 70 points in that game so there's almost like a competition almost mid-game but you kind of need to be on your phone at some time in halftime to even be aware of that is that something that you've seen happen more and more in the league and is that something that you you know do you have rules around phones for example in the locker room
5: Phones are uh, became uh, such an integral part of, of life of everybody that uh, it's it's hard to take those phones away. Uh, I know what my routine is. I know that uh, um, before the game I turn my cell phone off and until I'm done with the uh, game and media mm-hmm. and uh, coaches' meetings, I'm not looking at my phone. Right. I am 100% dedicated yeah. my time uh, there. You know, uh, with players it's it's my it might be a little bit different and uh, from a
0: different generation. Different
5: generation. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm trying to educate them a little bit on the importance of that communication at the halftime, and just like for them to to catch a breath and like mm-hmm. talk to each other, and like instead of just going straight to their their phones. But um, it's a work, work in progress.
0: Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you're not the only head coach in the league that's that's dealing with this uh, thing. So I got two more questions for you, just really quickly. Um, I know on a somber note that your friend Decky had, had passed uh, last week, and it's been really beautiful to see the tributes that the Warriors have done for him. Uh, I saw Partizan also did a tribute for him as well. The fans have been great. Um, you know, you having known him personally, what kind of things have you done to sort of process and care for yourself in this moment? Because um, I'm sure that that's a it's a huge loss for you.
5: Huge loss uh, for me, huge loss for basketball com- community, but the biggest loss for uh, for his family. Mm-hmm. Mm, I was able to connect with uh, with his brother um, the very next day uh, after he passed away and uh, He said one interesting thing, Uh, he said, like, we cannot be crying, we cannot be, you know, that Dekki doesn't want that. He he was always uh, about positive things and looking forward and fighter, he wants us to to move on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that really resonated with me. Um, It just... uh, Puts, puts things in perspective, For you sure. know, and puts things, uh, what is the most important in life, and that's uh, family, and that's friends, and that's people that you're surrounded every single day. And uh, we're going to miss Decky big time. Um, he was an amazing human being, always with a smile on his face, always upbeat and positive. Mm-hmm. And somebody, uh, his legacy is his, his, his smile.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think there's, there's a lot of strength that comes in positivity as well. And see, seeing you work well on your team, you always bring positivity, no matter what. Even if the team's losing or in a tough moment, you bring positivity. So I want to give you that credit as well, Coach. Last one, um, you, know, you, you, are, you and your wife, Gaga, are starting a new charity initiative. Um, tell us about that initiative and just how that came about and why you want to do it.
5: Um, We talked about it in the summer and we we set our mind uh, that we want to do uh, something to help community and Mm -hmm. to give back to community. Um, While we were living in uh, Memphis, we were able to connect with people in uh, the St. Jude's Hospital. And uh, we had a couple of visits there and it it really touched our heart, Mm -hmm. their mission and the way how they're uh, they're, uh, treating their uh, patients and how they're helping the kids there. Um, and uh, at the same time when we came over here in Toronto we learned about uh, Sick Kids Hospital um, today we'll have an opportunity to, to visit uh, with them as well yeah. and uh, we wanted to tie something that uh, you know we want to be a team that ha- that has a lot of assists mm-hmm. and, and uh, they're playing together on the court and share but at the same time I wanted to connect this with, uh, with the sharing with the community yeah. and uh, assisting the community here uh, so uh, we're going to donate uh, uh for every assist that our team makes uh, from the start of the season to the end of the season for each assist we're going to donate uh, 20 us dollars and then we're going to split that between sick kids uh st jude's hospital and one uh, children's hospital uh, back in serbia well,
0: That's that's beautiful initiative and, and by the way your team is second in assist so they're doing a good job backing you up too well coach i appreciate you so much thank you for taking the time thank you so much open. thank you so much all right that was uh my interview with uh, head coach Darko Ryakovich, it was great to sit down with him. Um, looking at myself on the screen, I, I look twice as large as him somehow. Um, maybe that's a forced perspective thing. But uh, yeah, it was it was great to chat with Darko. And uh, again, thanks to Raptors PR for setting that up. Uh, for people who you know, didn't catch that, the initiative is awesome. $20, uh, the Ryakovich family is going to donate for every assist by the Raptors. And um, yeah, I, I think it's it's continued to showcase like the the type of person and the sort of the um you can definitely tell that like darko's just working so closely with people you know like uh i think we've had discussions on the show for example about the approach uh about the tactics this comes honestly with the territory of any sort of um show discussing you know any team you're going to talk about the coaching you're going to agree with some of the tactics disagree with them whatever um you know, we talked about some of the quotes, and of course, some of the quotes do have an, an ability to really circle around and sort of form an overarching nerd over the team. But I think what's undeniable is, like, Darko is somebody who deeply cares about his players. You see the other game, for example, Memphis comes in. Desmond Bain didn't play in that game, but just getting a warm-up in saw Darko. They they had a long chat, and, you know, they have a great relationship there. Um, he played a big part, Darko did, in uh, helping Desmond develop. And, um... Yeah, you, you see him actively spending one-on-one time with every single player in the gym. And I think that, of course, you see him talking to Scotty and helping Scotty. Of course, you saw him, you know, talking with Pascal a lot, uh, OG, when they were here. But, I mean, you even saw... I saw one day in practice, we got in, the doors are open and the players are getting shots up. And Marquise Noel is getting extra shots. And Darko the one giving closeouts on some of those uh, attempts from Marquise. So, it goes up and down the roster. And I think that, like that might seem like something that you should just be doing anyway, but it's certainly something that was a first that I've seen in Toronto, um, being on the court that much individually with all the guys. And yeah, I think it is a unique approach. So again, I appreciate Darko, um, loved hearing his thoughts on just the young guys, his perspective on BBQ and also Grady. And, um, we will see how the team grows. Unfortunately, the team is probably not going to win very much in his first season, but that's not all that dissimilar for most head coaches when they step into the new spot. So thanks once again to Darko for the interview and, uh, We are going to take our last break of the day before we bring in Lindsey Dunn to discuss what happened at Raptors practice. So, uh, I've been your host, Willow. You've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportside Radio Network.
1: Breaking down the top
2: stories in the NHL every day. The Jazz Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Welcome back to the Raptors show on the Sportside Radio Network. I'm your host, Lou. Uh, Join me for the last segment, Lindsay Dunn, City News, uh, Raptors 905, sideline host, uh, queen of fits, you know, great fits at the arena every single time. So what's Driver going on, Lindsay? I did
4: give my boots a shout-out that I was wearing yesterday. and I'm like, thank you. I wish anyone got that on uh, camera, but no one did. So I just thought i pat myself on the back right now. But when we talk about great fits, sweater, or as I call it, a hoodie. Uh-huh. That is
0: amazing. Uh, yes. Wow. I'm so happy you asked me about that in an organic way because I'm here to tell you that this is actually part two of CCYA's Raptors and Bruce Lee collaboration. So I know we had, um, you know, uh, a program about a month ago where we brought them in and, and talked about sort of just a collaboration and doing with the Raptors. And, um, yeah, so it's celebrating the Year of the Dragon, which is coming up um, for all you mostly Chinese kids, but also the, the rest of Lunar New Year celebrators. Uh, that's February 10th here. Um But, yeah, it's going to be the year of the dragon. The dragon has significance because, obviously, Bruce Lee's name in Chinese is little dragon Li Xiaolong. Uh, The raptors in Chinese is a variation of dragon, Meng Long. And, uh, yeah, it's the year of the dragon. So CCYA is dropping a three-piece capsule this Friday at uh, 12 p.m. So that's January 26th, so tomorrow, 12 p.m. Uh, Go to the website, ccya.org, to shop. You will get three things in that. You will get this hoodie, which is sick. You'll get the Game of Death Slim Fit Long Sleeve tee, which is, it's hard to describe this on radio, but basically the Bruce Lee outfit, the yellow one with the stripe that Kill Bill kind of like. Yeah, you get one of those with the Raptors on it as well. And they got a snapback cap with the Year of the Dragon Raptors, Bruce Lee logo. Proceeds of the drop will be going to the Bruce Lee Foundation along with local nonprofit, the CCYAA. Uh, so, again, that drop is Friday, tomorrow at 12 p.m. Go to their website ccyaorg slash shop. Wow. Lindsay, that was an organic conversation. We just had um, so organic
4: and time is up. It was nice seeing you today. I thank you so much also for giving me that after for appearing on the show. Really appreciate it. Thank oh, you. Just, uh, you know
0: what? You know, uh, Clement true. Um, I'm going to have to request one more. <laughs> um, so you had just come from Raptors practice It actually cut it a little close Raptors having these training camps these days. Yeah. Uh, what was going on in Raptors practice, Lindsay?
4: Practicing, there were some good vibes, as we say. They were smiling, okay. and we we're got back an, to vibes. We this got is... to back to vibes. I know there wasn't, I know they don't have the words up there of positive reinforcement that we saw earlier in the season.
0: Why not? Why Why do they stop I, doing you those? You know,
4: I actually can I, I, I'm gonna blame you guys.
0: Why, what do we do?
4: <laughs> no, what? I'm just kidding. If everyone was tweeting out like the funny quotes or whatever that they'd have on. And then I think they just stopped doing it. I don't actually know why they did it, but okay. come on, I'm sure that that had something to do with it. I'm just teasing, but yeah, Yakupertel uh, spoke today. You know, yeah. he's not going to be playing tomorrow. He spoke about, you know, Pascal Siakam being traded for the first time since it happened because we don't get to talk to them when they're injured for the most part. And right. I don't know if like you guys played the clips or heard it. It was just it was a sad moment for Yak.
0: No, we 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 didn't play the clip, and we don't have it loaded up. But I do have the quote here. Um. So this is Jakob um, Pascal, his 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 friend, getting traded for the second time now. Because
4: bench mom brothers.
0: They, this is the second time the front messiah has been like, yeah, you know what? Actually, uh, last time you traded Jakob away, this time he traded Pascal away. Just just not keeping them together. But the quote is um, from Jakob. It was tough because he was the guy I was closest to on the team. I guess I was mentally prepared for it a little bit because there were so many rumors. But it's still really sad for me to basically lose my best friend on the team. Yeah, sad. Tough. Boost. I know what that feeling's like. No. Um, <laughs>
4: Yeah, it was a moment that I'm standing, I'm going to leave that beside him with the mic and right beside him. And I was trying not to audibly go, oh,
0: it (laughs) is kind of one of those. We
4: forget, like, I can't imagine what that's like, you know, say you're here the next day and then they're like, by the way, we're just going to have you go work somewhere else from now on, starting tomorrow with nobody really that, you know, you kind of know them because you've seen them in passing at other events, but go there after having all your besties here. Yeah. They're people and yeah there's right. i love i've been covering this team for 10 years in person so before they even came to the franchise mm. and just saw their friendship like immediately they connected yeah. and they're buddies and now they're they're not teammates anymore and you could you could hear it in his voice and see like it it hurts did
0: his voice crack or is it was there any like sign of
4: oh he straight know? up cried no i'm kidding oh, okay. that that did not happen that did not it's happen. hard to imagine that with Jakob <laughs> no, somehow Yeah. His yak, his voice didn't cry. He handled right. it well, and I was surprised that he did give a bit of an emotional response. Mm-hmm. So I was glad that he was honest about how it truly impacted him. But it was a sad moment. But other than that, there was a lot of screaming. You have, like, Garrett Temple and them still doing their fun little game that happens during practice.
0: Right. I, I think Bruce Brown has joined
4: yes, the three-point yes. contest
0: yeah. at him, Dennis, and... Uh, yeah, it's just those three actually.
4: Yeah, because yeah, before right Malachi now. was in there, and you see them running around. You saw him smiling.
0: Ron Harper was in there. He's gone too. Like well, so maybe, a Bruce, lot of maybe Bruce
4: shouldn't be a part of that group then. So oh, I'm getting me it's out a curse game. Ooh, I'm going there. <laughs>
0: you know what? You have a yeah. point. You do have a point actually, because Bruce probably is the next one out the door. Who else spoke at practice?
4: Dennis Schroeder, friend of the show. Here. Ah,
0: nice, nice. Yeah, nice.
4: So he. Was asked about you know his name being surrounded in trade rumors which it, mm. he's like hey i've been in this league 11 years every single year my name's been brought up and i've only been traded once and at that point it was quite vocal and really like getting a lot of traction that yeah. you kind of knew it was going to happen but he said other than that you just keep going on with your day and he's been speaking to some of the younger players which is pretty much half the squad
0: <laughs> that is half the squad, yeah, yeah
4: about what this is try to just not listen to the noise and just do your game and worry about you because you can't control it for the most part.
0: There, There is, like, an incredible amount of, like, compartmentalization you have to do, like, to be a pro athlete. You know, like, you have so many people talking about you at all times. You have to ignore that. You have a lot of people critiquing or praising. You got to ignore that. You have uncertainty. Honestly, a, a lot of times people don't even know what's going to happen to them. You know, like, there's you would love for it to be full communication throughout and you get some heads up and a warning. In this case, I think for Pascal, I think, he kind of had a little bit of a heads up, a little bit mm-hmm. of a warning that it was coming. I mean, if you saw any trade rumor, you would have known. Um, but, you know, like we also had cases like Demar, where it was like Masai literally told him, like, you're no, you're good, man. You're good. Like, we're going to run it back. Like, you know, and then boom, you know, you do After get After
4: Masai paced in a hotel for two hours to make that call. Yeah.
0: Like, it's hard for everybody, I guess, involved, you know? That's what the money is for. I
4: can't so imagine. I also think it's such BS. I used to think this a lot. Like, hey, they get paid millions of dollars. Mm. They'll be happy for it. Which, hey, yeah, I would love some of that coin. Don't get me wrong. But all that oh, stuff. Oh, you working. <laughs> I
0: hope you're making millions.
4: Yeah, yeah, I wish. Uh, but with Pascal, like, and then you talk about how the people are always talking about it. Social media has made it so much worse, which is why a lot of them don't go on. Yeah, because it's yeah. crazy what people will put on there and, like, mm. critique their game. Like, have you even played basketball right. or coached? Will- yeah, like, come on, come at on, Shane. Will underscore Lil, like, what are you this? talking about, What are you man? talking about? But some of it's so aggressive. Uh-huh. But what I for agree. me is I wild agree. is people yelling it at person, at them, at the games, in yeah, person. I was right. like, what? Like, I know a lot of it is because they've had a lot of liquor, but also shut your mouth. Because I can't imagine you're on there mm. and people are making comments about their families. Or them as a player. Like, Mm -hmm. I could... I do not have the mental capacity to handle any of that just in my job. Yeah. As an athlete, like, that's a million times more they're getting it. It's crazy.
0: I mean, that's actually a bigger conversation because it's happening... Well, maybe it's not happening more. It's just being captured more because everyone's in there with, you know, a camera on their phone. But, like, you see this happening across multiple leagues where, yeah, I mean, you see, for example, you know, this is a big thing in in, in Spanish soccer right now where it's like Mm -hmm. a lot of... Teams are, you know, like players are walking off the pitch because of like racial epithets that they hear on 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 the on the field. Um, you see that, you know, last night, for example, in the in the NBA, Luca got a, a fan yeah. ejected from the game because they've been heckling him the whole game. And I think there is like a a line, I suppose, with like heckling. Like ideally, you'd be like something clever. Yeah,
4: you like Demar I mean? having his daughter scream every time they had a free throw. Okay, you know, that's traumatic.
0: That's not <laughs> <laughs> that's not clever. That's traumatic. I think you've confused the two definitions. By the way, that's the funniest thing, too, is after that game, that playing game, and I'm like, damn, the Raptor season's over, I'm devastated, I can't believe the loss in that fashion, and I go down the tunnel to the event level from 600, and the first person, the elevator doors open, and the first person I see is Diarda Rosen and that Jackie, and I'm like, ah, I like a literal (laughs) real-life jump scare when I saw her. (laughs) A 10-year-old girl who stopped stopped the rest of that run.
4: But you're right, though, like, it's just, it's extreme and intense, but you're right, like, you can heckle them, like, when they throw... You know, free throws. Everyone's behind with like yeah. the noisemakers and that. Like, there's some fun to wanting them to miss the shot, but in a playful way instead mm-hmm. of just yelling, like, you suck. I hope you miss and I hope you break your leg, which I've heard people yell. Right. like Yeah. How do you sleep at night? But that might anyways, be on the
0: lighter end, to be honest. I know, but yeah. it's like,
4: I don't want to get canceled and I don't want to lose my job since I also am a Rogers employee. So I'm trying to keep Got it you. a little bit PG.
0: Got you. Got you. A Rogers employee paid yeah. millions. Lindsay Dunn. Um, right.
4: I need a different paycheck because I've been missing a couple zeros if that's the case. Oh,
0: a, a couple of zeros. <laughs> I hope just one. But uh anyway. Um so okay, that's that's really unfortunate. We also hear that uh so Emmanuel Quickly's out mm-hmm. as well. Um he's got a thigh contusion. So we don't have Jakob and we don't have Quickly for tomorrow against the Clippers.
4: Yeah, that's going to be okay. a it's gonna be an interesting one. I like to call it Kawhi Leonard, but mostly in his team. But I'm really excited to see Norman Powell. who I I want to see if there's some truth. I haven't seen a clip actually come from his mouth, like the soundbite of him Mm -hmm. saying he wants to be in the three-point competition. Really? At the All-Star Game. I saw it on social media. I'm like, how true is this? So I need to go to Storm and Norman Powell and be like, yo, did you actually say that you want to be a part of this? Because if you don't make it rain in front of the Raptors, I don't know how I feel about this. But a great story for him as well, and to see how he plays against the Raptors team that he pretty much doesn't know now, because what, Jakob's the only one that he would have...
0: Well, we're seeing the reunion tour, right? Like, this is, this oh, is the yeah. Raptors it's, it's reunion tour. It's
4: too much tour. for the heartstrings.
0: It has been too much for the heartstrings. You <laughs> got Jakob being like, man, they just traded my best friend. Yeah. Uh, I've been be traded for my best friend again.
4: And you I'm know. the jerk. I went and asked Chris Boucher in the locker pregame when the <laughs> – I hate this the job. You, what would you do? <laughs> I don't know. I just went and, like, so it's not official yet, mm. but Pascal being traded, like, mm. and there was another reporter there and we're like, you're the last one from the 2019 squad. And yeah. he's like, yeah, this – OG hurt and like I'd be lying if I said this didn't hurt and this is before he goes to play which I think is just such right. a jerk journalist move to do right. to screw with their emotions and he had like this such an, I, know, yeah, I know had yeah, I could have waited for post game, but hey uh-huh. so I went in and I spoke to him before I'm like hey don't hate me forever I have to ask you just like yeah. your reaction to it and That's he, he gave such an emotional response to it mm-hmm. but yeah the reunion tour it's, like,
0: it's the reunion tour yeah because it's like I th- it's you see Kyle come through the building and, and now Kyle's in Charlotte and they might buy Kyle, buy out Kyle. Like damn, like that's how much the championship has gone, you know, in the in the past. Also this
4: now. industry is just ruthless. Yeah. So. It's
0: like, all right, Kyle's gone. All right. Uh Damar comes back, you know, like he he understands how you know you can get blindsided mm-hmm. in a business like this. You get over it, obviously. You do, you do. You I know, mean, you wipe your tears with the hundred dollar bills and you're go. But like you're you're good eventually, right? Um
4: you had Vince in here.
0: Vince was you in Norm here. got Norm tomorrow. You have Kawhi, Kawhi, P.J.
4: Tucker. I know he wasn't okay. on the 2019, yeah. but hey, he's I <laughs> a former Raptor. I'm just throwing him out there.
0: <laughs> I didn't think you'd go to P.J. Tucker. All right. Why not? Uh, who else is coming back, man? Bismack, yeah. Biyombo. Yeah. at this rate? Um, we did. I guess uh, I suppose we did see him with the Grizzlies a couple of months ago now, or um, a couple of weeks ago. But, yeah, like this is just going to continuously happen, and eventually we'll see, like, you know, Pascal come back on Valentine's Day, and we'll see OG come back late in March which I saw in the Staples commercial, that they're giving away tickets to go see that game. So that's fun. I'm happy that they're still running commercials. But, um, yeah, I think the biggest thing is just they left a lot of really great memories here, right? And that's the thing. like You, you only get so much time to spend with anybody, you know? Um, it's just about, like, how many memories you actually make with that person. And, and that's the good thing. We actually had so many fond memories to all these guys. So it will be nice to see them all over again, you know? Absolutely. But Norm's just going to hug who? Like, Alex McKechnie? Like, Kawhi's going to be like, yo, Alex, man. <laughs> I love how you kept me uh, and healthy go, for the uh-huh, playoffs. Uh-huh,
4: uh-huh. Everyone <laughs> just keep playing that laugh bite over and over guys. just remember, I'm a fun guy. Hey, McKechnie.
0: He's going to tap up Doug Smith and be like, thank you for that setup question. That right? Was oh,
4: my gosh. Doug's <laughs> had some ones lately that have really set people up. Uh-huh. Darko and his very passionate post-game speech. Yeah. But with OG, I just want to quickly say about the memories of him. I think so many people love to focus on. He is a very unique human, but I remember his first press conference, the media scrum, when he was drafted. And I just remember after looking at my camera operator, i be like, "Did we just get punked?" Because mm. it was the first time, yeah. A man, a few words, and you're like, "What? This is just so unusual." Because we're used to Demar and Kyle. But over the years, I have to say this just about his character. He's somebody that knew all the security guards, all the ushers, yep. everyone around the team, their names. He said hi to them. He didn't treat them like they're any different. Like mm-hmm. you know, some people walk around with a stick up their butt. Have fun quote tweeting that. Don't know if I can say that on there. Mm. But he didn't treat anyone like that. And like uh. Right before he's traded, like my mom was in town, and she's like, "You're my favorite player." He face lights up. I told him it was my mom. He like, he's like, "We have to get a photo together." And like, mm. took that time, and he always would sign autographs from fans, whether it be in Toronto or on the road, multiple times. I would see him like spend so much time interacting with them, like just a good character. So
0: that's honestly, it, it it's not like the main thing that people watch for because people are like we just want wins and losses we just want wins. we just want wins yeah. we just want to see you put up great <laughs> stats we want to hit on our parlay uh, more and more now oh, and it's yeah. just like just just do that but no the other stuff really matters i think especially because the media is like we're like half on the inside like but also kind of half on the outside kind of thing and um in the moments that you do get to peer on the inside like yeah you get to see who some of these guys are behind the scenes and the guys really stick out like og's like character behind the scenes really sticks out pascal is this guy you know, same kind of dude. You know, Colin Demar. You 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 mm-hmm. hear that all the time, and you just hope that that kind of tradition continues in Toronto because, you know, that's something where you walk into the locker room and there's pictures of like all the families and stuff like on the on the wall. By the way, do they take those pictures down when you, a guy gets traded? Because whose job is that? That's awful. Yeah, I don't
4: want that job. It's Like they have to be wiping the tears <laughs> off their face with a five dollar bill at yeah. that moment. Be like, I'm like, so sorry.
0: They're like, oh, this first Christmas with your baby, yeah, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone in a first round. It's gone for a first round pick to Indiana. <laughs>
4: Oh sadness.
0: Anyway, um, a new generation of raptors coming yeah. up. Nine hundred five. Get to see yes. them, the next next wave. Um, how's that? How's that been? Actually, tell us. I I don't even know this myself. How How'd you get connected to that job? And um, how's it been so far? To to. You know do sideline
4: yeah for those listening or watching i'm one of the sideline reporters for the 905 it's my first season doing this mm-hmm. and honestly i got an email asking if i wanted to do it
0: exciting story i totally Loved i
4: it. know Ooh, okay and well, a well, story i'm so happy i set this up i know i'll quickly <laughs> just say i moved from regina saskatchewan to come to toronto to cover the nba and my yeah. dream job was to do a sideline so like it's yeah. it's taken a hot minute to actually get here because i've lived here for 10 years but mm-hmm. last year i i was asked to do a sideline game for the women's day mm-hmm. thing, which Amy Odwart helped set up, put me yes. in connection with the right people, and then I apparently didn't suck. So then they and I think also I've been covering the team for so long that they saw my rapport and how mm-hmm. I report and it's not complete garbage all the time. So they gave me this opportunity. It's been great to see these players excel. I've been covering the nine oh five since like they started. Mm-hmm. But like the storylines this year, people following Justice Winslow and mm-hmm. I know some people were that story of him getting back to the NBA, people thought it would have already happened, but a lot following that. But like Marquise Noel, I know he's oh, yeah. friend of the show, wonderful human. Mm-hmm. And the way he dishes out those assists sometimes, I don't understand how he even visualizes that. It's magic and it makes you romanticize basketball again. So long story short, it's going great. That's how I got the job.
0: No, I think it's it's great because I think sometimes we should take the time to take the long story because like... I think most people should realize this, but if if not, I'll just say it for you. Like you're like the hardest working person in Raptors media, like in just media in general. Because it's like, I, how many days a week do you go to Squishback Arena?
4: <laughs> Every day, pretty much. Because you
0: go for the Leafs, you go for the Raptors, you go for the 905. It's all travel. You you do, you do all the interviews that you can with like. I don't know. A lot of these artists are almost... in
4: PWHL, you throw in entertainment yeah. as well, throw in that's
0: what I'm saying. Every time yeah. I see you, I'm like, first off, A, I'm happy to see you because we rarely get to see each other. Yeah. And also B, like, you know, have you slept basically? And the answer is usually no. So
4: No, but you work hard too. It's just it is what it is and I the don't thing know, is man. like
0: it's a daily radio show from two to four. Like I prepare like probably three, four hours, right. but that's about it. Like Yeah,
4: I also am a BBC correspondent, which a lot of people yes. don't know. So it's that's like, hey, right. you add Mind that zone. that I got up at like 4 a.m you do like 12 hits there then you go to the regular day job and then where i've done like i don't know nine interviews today and then yeah. half of them won't air and then i have a couple interviews tonight as well i love my job i will not complain about it like mm. my husband mike's he doesn't see me a lot yeah alright <laughs> we right.
0: i'm gonna sidestep but, that question Uh-oh. yeah
4: i'm like no no, no. I'm like but it, it's great because i'm covering sports and entertainment yeah the worst thing that i cover is like there's some jerk fans or the jerk player that is mm. something terrible in life sure, but sure. other than that like you're rooting for people. Like I mentioned Marquise Noel. Yeah. You want to see him succeed.
0: Mm-hmm. He's He's great, man. I uh, I waited for an Uber with him uh, at the facility yesterday. Oh, well, I don't know, okay. No, this a celebrity sorry. over I'm there. I'm trying to contribute to the conversation. You know, I honestly, true, but I have not spent that much time with the 905. Uh, well, it's so, either
4: Saturday. I'm doing sidelines for the game.
0: You want me to spend my Saturday with the I 905? I would
4: love for you to spend your Saturday with the 905 and me in Mississauga, Paramount Fine Food Center. It'll be great.
0: Honestly, if you no i mean sorry maybe next week <laughs> sorry they uh, just, also I'm, play I'm, I'm, tuesday I'm,
4: wednesday so we will see you there before the nhl all-star stuff so one of those
0: days me and blake should go down there for sure <laughs> yeah. um i know blake's already made it over there once or twice but um you know for people who haven't fallen five as much so one of the big questions is just how's grady doing down there because mm-hmm. you know you see the highlight clips um you see the box score but you see the whole game you're around the whole team um, what's what's Grady's assignment when he goes down there, and, and how is he sort of progressing that?
4: Yeah, at the beginning, I'm sure you saw the headlines and everyone talking about how well his first game did not go.
0: Sure, yeah, and he, you we're asking uh, him like, "Yo, is your shot broken? Your, you shot, your shot." And I know it's
4: because like a former Raptor for like a moment posted like, "Why did they ruin his shot on social media?" And he said, "No, like my shot is just it. No one's changed it. It's just different." college ball going right to the nba and he's still adapting with it some adapt quicker than others but he just struggled kind of getting with the plays which 905 and Raptors, it's the same scheme and all that just new players almost not really new system but it just wasn't working but he's really excelled he's getting more confident and aggressive whether it be defensively or offensively and he's Mm -hmm. getting more threes up and his shot is starting to fall more and you're seeing that how he's putting that work in 905 when it comes to conditioning and also you know they're saying like Put a little bit of weight on, or whatever. Maybe
0: that's what Darko was saying. He's like, "Yeah, in three weeks, you could tell that he put on more weight." I'm like, "In three weeks, like,
4: yeah." Darko, maybe, he clearly has more intel. I didn't really see it, yeah. but I wasn't analyzing Grady in that weight. Okay,
0: too much. okay, <laughs> but, all, right, all right. I was gonna but, ask you if Grady's buff or not, but you that's know fine.
4: what. I haven't seen an improvement there, but maybe somebody online can let you know how that's going because I have been scoping – and not been scoping him out. But he has been doing a lot better. He's getting more aggressive. His shot's falling. And you see that work Mm -hmm. paying off by getting some more minutes with the Raptors where you can see even in that game where he's a a bit more aggressive. But I know it's not where anyone wants to see where he would be at this Mm -hmm. far in the season. There's higher expectations from where – than where he's at right now.
0: So I think one thing that's been interesting for me with Grady is just he strikes me as so young, like it's maybe it's because I see his like parents in the building quite often for Raptors games and stuff like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a judgment. It just makes me feel like he's so young in, a, in that way. Um, versus like when I saw, like, for example, when Scotty first came in the league, I, I sat down for an interview with him at media day and I was like, this guy is gigantic. And I know he's like the same age as Grady. <laughs> But he's going to be able to hit the ground running just on a physical profile because he's going to be able to go in the starting lineup and just just go. Like, he's ready to take all those bumps. With Grady, there's been so much talk about the conditioning. Like, is that the same sense you get some, with, with Grady sometimes? It's just like, he just needs more time.
4: Like, I'm not. I think he needs more time. But also, I don't want to say anything about Scotty because I'm not in the mood for so much hate mail. Cause if you say anything slightly that could be perceived as negative, nine years of, like, what are you doing? You oh, should quit your job, but I'll just say I sure, actually yeah. had a different experience with Scotty when he first came in. Oh, okay. I also like yeah, he's a huge human being. I was like Yo, he's the but guy when it on comes team, to when like, yeah. you said young, I felt Scotty was still very youthful and mm. maybe, you know, his family wasn't around, but I still felt that he was definitely a young kid. Okay. That's in his early you. 20s and that was you. the vibe I got from him is that mm. like he's in his early 20s. I don't want to say like his maturity level may not been that of a Thad Young quite yet but I still felt that when he came in the league and I interviewed him he was still quite young right.
0: well somebody who has been described as Thad Young as um, I think so Jonte was at practice yesterday and he even said that he was like coach has been calling me Thad Young Jr. because of how much that has been in his ear, and also how much they I suppose resemble each other in their game like they're both lefties that's about it really um I, I said under the rim lefties but i'm like young Thad young was definitely above the rim yes like that at your age was definitely dunking on guys pretty regularly but yeah well what, what about janta and his his journey from
4: janta i am team janta all day every day okay. i was actually his first interview when he came into the raptors really? franchise because oh, wow. he was with the 905 and like he was with detroit's g league team he gets a call he's on a plane i think they were going to maine and his mm. wife had to drive from detroit to, to toronto And he's playing in that game right away. But then he comes and has, like, his first game as a 905 member. Mm -hmm. What a welcoming party. Like, he was the walk-off interview. He just completely excelled, and he managed to mesh with that team. He says, like, it's just basketball, and he was trying to – let everyone have their space, but also what a story with the, and I know you guys have talked about this before, but the injuries that he sustained. Yeah. To be able to come back, like, not once, but twice, having an injury that ends people's career. Right. Here he is now, so grateful to have this opportunity and excelling. I know at some games with the Raptors, people wanted more. He even said, like, it wasn't his best showing the other day. Mm. But with 905 and that, he was an absolute star, in like, handful of games that he's had. But I loved yesterday's presser because I thought a lot of people that may not have had the chance to be around him. Mm-hmm. He's actually quite shy and a reserved person. Like, he was holding oh, his okay. hands behind the mic. And I mean this in a compliment. He's a little bit nerdy. Like, I'm yeah. a nerdy. I don't want anyone to be a basic B. Saying mm-hmm. you're a nerd is nice. a compliment.
0: Is, you're, so, you're so trained for, for air. Oh, my God. And like, I, like, yeah, I would have soared by now, for sure. Oh, <laughs>
4: I've been trying not to. It's like, I am zesty <laughs> yeah. today because, like, I was reading some things people were saying about Pascal that were just, like, racist and not okay. And I just
0: yeah. We we to have a longer conversation. About what's what's going on with that? But Jonte
4: is fantastic. Yeah. Phenomenal player that is putting in the work and he's taking the criticism and also the praise from mm-hmm. Darko or whether it be Coach Corey from the 905 and yeah. really using it to his advantage and taking advantage of the situation he's fought from his injury to get back and have this. So I think that's that storyline, that feel good storyline that everybody should just, you know, want to see him excel.
0: Yeah. He's, I think a lot of people of those out because um, I watched all the pressers afterwards too. And it's just like, everyone's just remarking like he's a really good speaker like he's he's open he's engaging he gives you his thoughts and you know I, you
4: the th- time of day and, <laughs> I, <from> media, yes. <laughs> that's the thing yes. with the
0: dark one of you actually wanted to mention too because before we were, we were just getting the shot set up and you know whatever like the cameraman's just like adjusting lights or i don't know what camera people do to be honest i'm not a production side person uh but it's just taking a minute to get set up so me and dark were just sitting there kind of having small chit chat and he's just like He's like, look, I don't, I, don't, I don't think of this as an interview. I think of this as a conversation between two, two, two people. You know, and we're just going to spend some time together. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. Because that's the exact vibe I want to bring into pretty much every interview. And, you know, most times you don't actually get that time of day, as you mentioned. Most, a lot of times it's just like, oh, we got to do this. All right, let me just get through it. Yeah. Here's some basic answers. And hopefully it's so boring that you don't follow up. And then mm-hmm. we just end the interview, right? And so... I appreciate Jonathan for that. We got two minutes left. Um, speaking of nine hundred five, though, I keep seeing big stat lines for Javon Freeman Liberty. Oh yeah, what's going on there?
4: I asked Coach uh, Darko about him today. I was like, "What does he need to do, or what are you seeing to mm-hmm. get him?" You know, you know with the Raptors, he's
0: injured, maybe. You know, yeah, yeah,
4: an opportunity. He said he's loved what he see with has seen from him so far with the nine hundred five, and like he had a couple minutes with the Raptors where he had his first NBA bucket, but he said he can really you know, make an impact on the court and he's excited to see him get more chances with the Raptors coming up, but with the nine oh five, like he was injured early on, off and on. Mm-hmm. And taking that moment, making it rain, he's a facilitator as well. That is also another storyline. Uh, Javon Freeman-Liberty just, it, his time is coming very soon.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, 9 um, nine o five 5 games, again, a lot of people just cheat and just look at the box score and you will see Javon's name quite prominently. I think he yeah. just came off a 37 piece or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been great. Well, I mean... You know, I, I think we, first off, we never have enough time for this. I should have just kicked Darko out, and we could have just you talked should have and hour. had me
4: in for the two hours. Although I will also say quickly, <laughs> yeah, Team Darko, honestly, I will
0: take you up on that. I will take you up on that
4: because like I have a million stories about the team right now, but also some fun Darko stuff. Really, I'm like, oh, we only got like thirty seconds right now, so I'll just have to save it till next time.
0: Wow, I mean,
4: you'll have to offer me another sweater next time I come in. This is great.
0: I, again, Clement, I'm going to text you. Um, I, I have been, I have been uh, pressed on air now, but I'm going to press you back because. You know there will be an upcoming period where I might need a fill-in co-host for a while. Um, so if you are free to come through the studio and do a full two hours,
4: I said we're BFFs. I will be here all day, every day.
0: Okay, I'm holding you to that. All right. I well, thought you were
4: gonna ask me for NHL All-Star tickets. I'm like, yo, I have no tickets oh, for you. I
0: don't have. T- I can't get. T- okay. <laughs> okay.
4: I got enough tickets for you.
0: I gotta get you a sweater, but you can't get me the tickets. That's tough. I mean, to be honest, I probably wouldn't recognize 90 percent of the
4: players. Which would be, you know what? Actually, <laughs> come and cover it with me, and I'll be like, who's this? Who's this? Who is this? this? You'll be like, I'm
0: like, I don't know minor all right cool all right uh that's it for us today i've been your host will you've been listening to the raptor show on the sports radio network make sure you find the raptor show where we listen to podcasts subscribe and please interview the show uh thanks to my producers mark Danielli Derek, jennifer olnick david sis jr Manitide. big thanks to our guests joe Wolfon, joseph Sharo, and of course Lindsay dunn appreciate you and uh yeah we will talk to you tomorrow me and blake will talk to you tomorrow